Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome along. Monday night, 8pm. It is the Live Lounge 105 Gentlemen, good evening. How are we all? And you've been cancelled yet? No, yeah. 105 and we're still here. Evening. Um, plenty to discuss and chew the fat on. It's been a very, very, very busy week indeed. Well, you two shouldn't have been bloody late then. Get on with it. <laughs> I was on time. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Neither you were. Slack him. <laughs> um, welcome along, everyone. Like we say, play the discuss. Robert Owen is going to come on. And we chose Robert deliberately this week because he returns to the scene of the crime. Crime sounds better. Great achievement. Getting to the UK Open semi-final. And, of course, he's back on tour as well. So, perfect time to speak to him. He's going to be on around 8.45-ish. Um Perfect time to say hello and welcome to everyone in the chat room as well. Nice and busy, as always. <laughs> Not saying anything. Smiles enough. <laughs> uh, evening, Carl. Hope you are good, mate. Um, yeah, look, it could be Fergie time tonight. How are we doing, Reese? We'll do well to get this all into two hours. Get on with it then. <laughs> we'll say hello to everyone like we always do. We can't just rush it. <clears throat> Especially when we, put, when we put 50p in the meter and start winding gob up. I'll be gone. Do you have to put 50 it. pence in? Should have no. done play for that. Look at you after your big day out yesterday. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't take long, did it? There we are. Um, but um, so we are going to talk all all things Premier League, Women's <laughs> Series, uh, UK Open. The draw is out. But first of all, boys, let's do the big news. We spoke about this, the possibilities. There is no Corey Cadby or Christian Perez in this year's UK Open. Yes. And look, a tour card lasts for two years. It is a right to choose which events you play in, but the longer it takes you to get your foot in the door and play the first one, the longer you look at it and go, 
is this a waste of a spot? <clears throat> yeah. Look, we've seen it before. Um, we're starting to see it again. Look, people, you don't know these problems are going to crop up. Maybe with one of them. One of them, perhaps everyone did. Um, is it getting to the point now where they're going to have to bring some sort of rule in that says, basically, for new tour card holders that win it at Q School, if it's not used <coughs> properly within the first year, we can take it back, basically? I'm sure we've mentioned it before. For me, there's it's a percentage. There's got to be some sort of percentage. And even if you went to, like, 50%, you'd see a couple of players over previous years, you lose it on that basis. Um Look how many people went to Tewstall, and yes, they've won the, the card, rightfully so. But for me, yeah, there's got to be something in place. Yes, it's it's good to see a reserve or two getting into Pro Tours, but for me, that's not good to see if it happens in TV events, and I know it hasn't happened here, but if that was to happen, it just doesn't feel right. I think that's the most disappointing thing for me about this one, look. UK Open, it's very easy to get lost in the fact that it is an absolutely massive field. And the presence of a bye in a tournament where we know three rounds of the draw and we're looking at stages and, and eight stages and three rounds of the draw all at once is that we don't really notice the fact there are two buys, but there are. And they could have been filled by somebody. The PDC has feeder systems from the Women's Series, the Challenge series, Challenge Tour and the Development Tour. One of the develop, one of the Challenge Tour spots already wasn't taken by a player and it was passed down to the next one. At that point, at the discretion of the tournament director, PDC, absolutely nobody would have begrudged two tour card holders not accepting their invitation and going down those ranking lists, whatever they may be. Yeah. Nobody would have begrudged that, even even if it was topped on the women's series or, or however you want to look at it, that everybody was up in arms about with the World Championship and everything else. Nobody would have begrudged it as a one-off and stating it as a one-off that that is because this has happened. And the benefit of that is if there is success, which where, with whichever route you go down, then you can look at expanding it for the following year or opening it up or, or having a look at that sort of thing, especially with the Riley's qualifiers remaining in a constant state of what happens next. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's not great. It's, it's, the... it's probably more worrying now, Phil, the fact that when it's a pro tour, you're a little bit concerned. When it's a TV event, that concern just doubles, if not even more than that, because... This is where the, the players are earning bigger money or the opportunity to earn bigger money. And this is where it was sort of the question marks have been there around Corey. This was sort of one deadline that people had as an important one for him to hit to see if he's going to be able to play. So it's now when are we going to see him next? Are we going to see him again? Well, same, same as with Christian. So those question well, marks are certainly there. You said it there. I think it's, are we going to see him? I, I genuinely think there are there are questions to be had. Is he going to come and play? Not when, is. Because well, I guess the big, the big point to, to take a look at is, if it is issues getting into the UK, there is a pro tour in Hildesheim in two, three weeks' time. Sunday, Monday. Is it worth a financial outlay to go to that just for two days on the pro tour from australia 
with the travel that will ensue. Um, and if 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 Corey does turn up in Germany in a couple of weeks' time, obviously he could play a lot of the Euro Tour, but has to be in the UK to qualify for them or be in a place to be seeded for them anyway, which is sort of a catch twenty two. You need to be in first before you can go and play in those events. You can't play in the affiliate or the home nation or anything like that. But that pro tour in Germany will be a big telltale as to what is keeping Corey Cappy out of PDC right now. If he if he turns up in Germany, then you what you have to do is presume that there's an issue getting into the UK, something that he and other Australian dart players have had an issue with in the past. Oh, completely. Look, we saw Kyle, God rest his soul, black in the day, had to go home for, what was it, five, six months before he got his visa? Yeah. Um, so, look, question marks are there. That is for sure. Also, it's been mentioned in the chat room. We'll cover it now because it's not really um, that one there. Um, we spoke about it in our group chat today. Um, and Johnny's put it there. Reds is being renovated at the moment. However, the caveat is we did some digging. And these Studio 36s, by the look of it, they're at every Butlins complex. They look like they've had a lot of money spent on them. They do. They just look a bit soulless to me. They look I'm with you. They I'm... look a bit like the morning side. There's no tiered seating across the back. It's not big enough for any of that. It looks like almost a main stage setup, and there's just going to be little square tables dotted around. It looks like it would be a very, very good venue for the multi-board room or turning it into some sort of bolt and having seven boards in there. I think there's a space and room for that. But the appeal of Reds for a long, long time has been that tiered built-in seating, that little bit of tables and dotted around and, and low ceiling and nice little atmosphere and giving you that lakeside or circus tavern vibe. Oh, this look, new place doesn't give you that. Oh, no, it, we did some, some digging and looking and yeah, it, it's an interesting one. Look, I think it'll be decent because there's a lot of money spent on it, but yeah. with that, I think you lose something as well. If the long-term plan for this event is main stage where it is board two back in reds and boards three to eight dotted around the room in a square rather than using upstairs so that can remain just an entertainment venue for the evening for the entire weekend. Absolutely brilliant. Opening it up that little bit more, keeping play all on one level instead of having to go up and down the stairs, having a room, an area in the middle of the room where you can look around rather than having to be rammed up against that barrier in one long row of dartboards which is the case upstairs. Long-term, that, that sounds even better, but if this is a long-term replacement to Reds, I'd be quite disappointed. Calls yeah, yeah, for a Bolton-style UK Open will only get louder, despite the fact that on-site accommodation and everything else is, is, is brilliant at Butlins. As a package, it is genuinely one of the best weekends you will go to as a darts fan. Bring back Bolton. <laughs> Um, right, first of all, we are going to go back to the Emerald Isle last week. We'll do a recap of the Premier League. Uh, first of all, the atmosphere was electric in Dublin. The Three Arena never dis disappoints. It was just belting when they start singing the fields of Aff and Rye and all that. And I'm pleased to announce it was only one fight. But you saw. I don't know. 
the security boys, we were having, a, I'm not going to name which ones because I won't don't drop a minute. We were having a laugh and a joke when we were in there before the fans come in and we were like, where's the fight line today? And the security boys went 12.5 over or under. Yeah, but and is I'll... this the PDC security team or the venue? Because they're different teams. They yeah. uh, it was the one that coordinates between the pair, the one that was out on the floor all the time. Literally, there was, there was only one. So you're not telling us who it is, but you narrowed down that one-off job that someone does. And it's <laughs> <a job. laughs> I don't do it all the time. Do they like Wagamama's? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> that one wasn't there. Skyrim again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, not not that one. <laughs> the smiler wasn't there. Sort no. Of, sort them out. Sort them out. No. Um, um, so yeah, right there we have it. The draw bracket. Uh, first of all, Michael Smith against Peter Wright. Um, this was a scrappy game. Peter Wright rocked up with a, another new dart of some kind, and I'm actually getting concerned now, boys. Are you? This is his most disappointing night. Um, before that, I was sort of along the lines of that. Performances are just suggesting I'm not as worried. Um, big weekend from this weekend. Eight of all the sort of the, the top or the eight Premier League players, the UK Open is, is bigger for Peter Wright, I think, than any of the other eight. Because if there's an early exit here, then there is huge alarm bells. Yeah. Uh, then, this was an unbelievable game. And we all said it last week. No one saw this Kelvin Price performance coming. Dimitri's actually played very, very well. But how good was Gerwin Price in this game, Gob? He's finding that extra gear, that extra level, just that little bit more frequently right now is Gerwin Price. The scoring power that he's got is just back a bit. We've seen the odd dart dropping low or a little bit wide, but he's using that first dart an awful lot more now. Um, he's playing solid. Yeah. Um, and then Johnny Clare against Nathan Aspinall. Look, Johnny got fortunate in this game. This game, Johnny was fortunate because I lost count of how many doubles, especially early on, Nathan Aspinall missed. Yeah, I, I agree with that. However, if there's probably one player who deserves a bit of luck at the moment because of his performances, it's probably Johnny Clayton. Um, and this was the day in where he died. There's, what, 20-plus misses from Nathan Aspinall at doubles and the majority of them was in those early stages. So it was the look that probably deserves at this stage. Um, and did see Johnny getting over the line. Yeah. Um, then Michael Van Gerwen does an absolute number on Chris Dobie. And like I said about Peter Wright, Gob, I know he's won a night, but since then, not the best? Are we concerned that it's maybe all catching up with Chris a little bit at the moment? Not yet. I, I did say this on Thursday, and I think a little bit longer to, to consider it. You look at the three losses he's had since then. Gerwin Price in Cardiff, a very, very good performance from Michael Van Gerwen here, and Johnny Clayton playing as good as we've seen Johnny Clayton in the Premier League for a long time in the first round against him, not last, not the week just gone, the week before that. 
it, it's how quickly he responds and how quickly he starts putting points back on the board again because this can spiral very, very quickly. There is nowhere to hide in the Premier League, even in this format. And just needs to start getting those wins back on the board, I think. Because whilst he has been close, I mean, it was 100 against Johnny, but that was sort of carried on by just how good Johnny was. It's 92 average in a loss to Van Gogh and a 92 average in a loss to Gerwin Price. And the night you won it, it was it was mid-90s all the way. You need that extra gear, that extra level to be able to compete with these guys that do this week in, week out. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. Um then in the semi finals, um what's a game between Smith and Price and again Price over the hundred mark and Garen Price is starting to like we said earlier, starting to show the going price that we expect. And yes, Michael Smith missed a couple of doubles, but in the main, Gezi was decent. Yeah, he's, he's starting to show it, but there's still many, many days for Derwin Price to get back to his best. Um, but the positive signs, considering the conversations we was, af- we was having after week one and the comments that Price was making about staying in the sport, the fact Price is now finding form and finding better performances, for me, is, is a positive for the game. And it's another... There was a lot of questions around, did he just turn up because it was in Cardiff? Was that just the one performance because he had the fans behind him? That sort of eased those fears now. And Price is going to, hopefully, we'll see him have a good run at a Premier League, which is not his favourite tournament, as he's told us quite a few times. Um, then in the second one, uh, MVG beats Johnny Clayton 6-3. But again, Clayton, he had opportunities and, and had chances. And there was a big moment that MVG was cruising. I think he was 5-1 up and playing beautifully. And then he did what Michael does. He switches off. And the ferret got a couple of legs and should have made it 5-4. And they had the darts and it would have been, been interesting. But fluffed his lines. Um a little bit. So that set up the final. We all know it. Um, going price should have had this picture instead. Um, I think he missed, was it seven match starts across uh, two legs and MVG steps in and punishes? Oh, that picture. I'm just going to agree with you while I stare in disgust at that photo. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Boy. They're so bad. They're so bad. And you know the, do you know what do you know what the worst thing about this is? Right? With all the sponsorship of all the brands like, I've never ever seen Kazoo push this once. No. I've never ever stumbled across their like, they they might do, but given the amount of darts players and, and whatever else that our socials contain, whether that be in following or, or outlets or organisations, I've never, ever seen Kazoo retweeted this one. No, I'm with you. Or I'm anything like that. I've never stumbled across Kazoo socials as a sponsor of this. It's never, like, tagged in there properly or anything. Like, what are they doing? It's terrible. The sponsorship's not always on the photo. It is on that one, but it's not always on it. Does it have the 
handle some of the pitches. Tony Thuzmaito looks like he's about two steps in front. That they've thought the back of the zoo, the far side or the right hand side, if you're looking at the board. I just, yeah. Anyway, move before on. we move on from Dublin, I've got another picture we're going to talk about. He did it in Cardiff with red. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. And I met, I texted you boys, what, a couple of hours before the broadcast went out? I went, Gazzy's done it tonight. And then you were like, and I said, he's gone for the green shirt. And look, as he was walking on to do his first walk on, the pantomime booze were there. And they all realised he had a shamrock and was in a green shirt for Ireland. And they started singing Go and Go in Price. And fickle fans are, as you always know. But has Gazzy stumbled across a way to change that mentality of arenas? Um, what's he wearing in Etita on Thursday? <laughs> There's only so many arenas you can do it for. It's not going to work with all, is it? He's not about to rock up with her picture of St George slaying a dragon on the back of his shirt anytime soon, is he? <laughs> Look, for, if, for some if, of the arenas, there the is the possibility, line. yeah, that he has stumbled across just a nice, niche little way where he can adjust his colour scheme of his shirts and yeah. will increase the chance of a positive re reception. Can't do it every week. It's not possible. Amsterdam, definitely a way of going. But if you draw Van Gerwen, null and void it anyway. Yeah. And that Aspinall's got MBG and Rotterdam first. So got to play him at some point. Uh, at some point, I know <laughs> that. But to start with, I would love it if he does that in Rotterdam and goes full orange. See what he does in Berlin. But he could do it with Berlin. The Germans yeah. love Peter Wright, though. Well, before we move on, this is another thing that I want to bring up. Peter Wright was, it was booed, it was loud, it was, and I think it affected his performance because I don't think he's ever had that. The Irish cheered the Englishman instead of the Scot. Yeah, I, Peter Wright was booed and it was loud as well. Don't believe you. <laughs> And I, I, I think it affected his game, partly as well. Because, look, Peter Wright's been a fan's favourite for getting on a decade now. And I've never heard booze like that for Peter Wright. But then last week, the pressure of the home road got to him. So, just uh, right now, Peter Wright just needs to focus on selecting the right darts, continuing with them, and focusing on the dartboard and not anything else that's going on behind him. Just like it says there, he's question marks about him. And with him not performing to the same level that Price did in Tardif and right doing it in Scotland was disappointing. And then, yes, it may have had an impact. But if fans around the world see that something can have an impact on a player, the rest of the fans jump on that. We've seen it with Price. That could then happen with... Others, unlikely to be right, but a possibility. Yeah, we're saying talking about the success of this. Are we going to see eight players in orange shirts in Rotterdam? Because they're all so scared of it working against them. Well, quite possibly. Peter Wright will wear orange. Peter I have absolutely no doubt Peter Wright will wear an orange shirt in, in, because he'll just, yeah, that's the way to go. Van Gogh will be in his green, but will everybody else wear orange? And then it's just seven in orange against Van Gogh. <laughs> 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 Um, 
I, I remember it that again, Duzzer was clever in his first Premier League when was it? I'm sure it was Duzzer. Walked on in Glasgow with a team Anderson scarf when Gary didn't play. So look, you have got to be a little, you have got a box clever, and and think about these things now. You shouldn't have to, but but you do. Yeah, it depends who you're playing as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, look, it's it's going to be interesting. <coughs> that was this week's Premier League. Um, from there. We went to the Euro Tour. I've got a slide for the final day of the Euro Tour, um, but not the first one. So I'm just going to um, get some stats up here. Um, but congratulations to Dave Chisnell, who wins. Spoiler alert, it's all over socials anyway. But first of all, the crowd in Kiel looked and sounded fantastic, and even on the Friday afternoon. Yeah. Peter Wright played the game a bit on the Saturday as well when he said thank you to the crowd after his win. He's like, thank you. And even yesterday afternoon, he goes, when the crowds are normally rubbish, there was loads of you here and we as Darts fans love that. So we really appreciate it. So look, Peter's always been pretty good at, at taking on that role for PDC and, and championing that as well. But look, if the players are noticing that when they're not even there, then that is a good sign. Whether or not that continues for every event, I mean, there's still tickets available for pretty much all of them. Me and my friends are actually looking this week at looking at a, a Euro Tour getaway. Um, whether or not that continues is a different matter. Yeah. Um, some of the standouts, maybe not in terms of, of results, but certainly notable mentions. Uh, really pleased for Graham Usher. Debut on the Euro Tour, getting a win. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. The, the Friday, there's that would just be one name that we're talking about, surely, and it's... Uh... The man who was talking about dropping off the circuit about six months ago, and now he's yep. putting in an under and six average in beating Adrian Lewis. It's uh, this man just he just keeps coming back every time someone writes him off. Steve B and just it's just great to see, isn't it? It is great to see. <clears throat> There's no one on the circuit who's ever had a bad word to say about him. He's just an ultimate professional, and to see him now. Yes, for if it would have dropped off, it would have been great for seniors fans. However, no one would begrudge Steve being a good run and keeping his place on the tour. Um, no, look, absolutely. Look, there were some shocking ties as well. And you, you look at it, James Wade against Raymond Van Barneveld in the opening round, William O'Connor <coughs> against Stephen Bunting, um, just leap off, Hempel against Vinstra, Clements Gurney. The strength and depth now in the Euro Tour is unreal it's only going to keep getting better as well I think whilst the, the home nation qualifiers and associates especially as the Germans keep getting better and we do have 6 million Euro tours in Germany again this year compared to everywhere else the more exposure they get the more opportunities they get the likes of Martin Dracht will keep doing shit like he did this weekend <laughs> yeah yeah no, massively <laughs> Um, also, round one bleeds into round two here. I blooming love Aaron Monk back on a TV. I knew that was coming then. How funny is he to watch? <laughs> you... <laughs> I've never seen anyone celebrate like that when they've won a first round game. Great, wasn't it? There's people, there's players being fined for dropping a dart into the floor. Do you get fined for punching it? <laughs> <laughs> it, beating it. 
<laughs> like a bad scene from a Disney Channel movie, wouldn't it? Like really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the story's out as well that obviously George had told Dan to, to say it. Obviously, I'd, I'd known about this. The story about when Aaron fitted George's new bathroom is just absolutely genius. Well, it is because he got away with it. But could you imagine the other way around? Going, oh no, we need to get a plan of permission or something for it first, and he'd have already done it. By then, he said, "It's too late, George. I flipped the camera. I've already done it. You've already got a, you've got a big bathroom now." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just car crash, but it, it it's brilliant car crash, and obviously Joe's known Aaron a long time. Um, as, as well, Joe's dart to win it and double 16. What a deflection that takes to go in, as well. By the way, it's nice that they could laugh about it that little bit as well. Like, yeah, have that moment. Uh, yes, uh, Morgan, he is. We'll come on to that when we do the UK Open, but yes, he is. <coughs> um, not doing Leverkusen, Bob. I will be at ET3 in Risa. The two that I want to do, and this is a good question actually to everyone in chat. The two that I want to do aren't on the ticket website through the PDC. Does that mean they're already sold out or they're just not on sale yet? Prague and Budapest? Yes. Don't know is the answer. I'll find out. Only the German, all of the Germany ones, including some of the Friday night galas are on there. Austria and the Dutch ones on there. I'll find out for you. We'd, we'd, we'd like a trip to Prague, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so round two is when the the, the, the seeds come in uh, as well. Um, one thing we will talk about, because it was evident, is are we a little bit concerned for Michael Smith and this wrist injury? Because he looked in absolute agony. If he's saying he took advice saying he shouldn't play on it for the rest of the weekend and then continue to do so, then yeah, there's, there's clearly something wrong. I mean, he still averaged 93 in a victory against a very talented young German who, who started brightly against him and averaged 99 against Dirk van Dijvenboda. So look, he's still capable of throwing. But with the UK Open this weekend, you've got Premier League Thursday, UK Open all weekend as well, one of the toughest and longest tournaments to try and win in a short space of time. Then you've got Premier League coming up. This is the bulk of the Euro Tour season and, and getting your early ranking in for the Pro Tour season as well, which, look, as world number one, that doesn't make a massive amount of difference to Michael Smith's chance of playing on TV this year. But for things like the European Championship and the Players' Championship finals, seeding, we've noticed, has been a bit jumbled in the past few years. But do you really want to take that risk of falling massively? Gerwin Price is about to have to qualify for Euro Tours because he's dropped out of the order of merit. Michael Smith doesn't want to be in that situation given how much darts they're playing at the moment. No, I, I agree. It, um, seems, it seems very strange doing that a week before the Utah Open of all sort of the TV events. The Utah Open, we know it's going to be very brutal in regards to the Dames, the Georgetown playing, much darts you throw in. So probably would have been a, a wise choice for him to to drop out, but you know, he's better, so hopefully he's made the right decision for for his purpose. Well, I dropped. He's got the same sort of thing on his mind. Looking at Gezi going, he's just about to drop out. If I have a couple of these where I've got a chance and still play through <laughs> it for a bit, 
Mm. I can rest up after the UK Open. Yeah, well, I, I just dropped him a quick message and said, you know, mate, hope you're all right. I hope the wrist isn't too bad and whatever. And all I got back is, I'll never quit, lad. Yeah, but there's, which I doubt. It's the, I want to play darts. I want to, you know, he's world champion. It's his year as a world champion. So I want to play in everything. However, that can have a long-term effect if you are playing with an injury or you're told not to. It's not, it's not giving up. It's taking medical advice. Um, and I'm not one to tell Michael Smith what to do. He's, I would say he's world champion. However, I would just, he just needs to make sure he's playing it right. And the not giving up now doesn't force him to stop in a few months or years' time for a longer period. 15-year-old me used to try and have a competition each season with a lad that I played foot with to see who could play through the worst injury. 28-year-old me now realise how bloody moronic that was. Yeah. But at the time, 15 year old you're not taking me out of this. You're not not playing me. Like, I'm fine. I'll just, I'll play one-handed or I'll, I'll just use my left foot or whatever. Like, however stupid it got. Like, no, take a break, you idiot. I oh, know, I'm, I'm with you. Three I... weeks will not change my life. I know, I'm with you. I did something similar that, again, at a young age, we had a cup final. I cut the plaster cast off my wrist to go and play in a cup final. And then went back to the hospital. I mean, can you put this back on? But, no wonder the NHS has got no money. 30 years ago, Phil yeah. Bars bankrupted us with extra plaster casts. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, back, to, back to Michael Smith. The level of sport he's at, I know I've done exactly the same with injuries. You, you two have mentioned it. This is top level professional sports. The small percentages on winning games are not. And at the moment, he's got less chance due to playing with an in injury. And that will only then continue. So for me, once the UK's UK opens over, if you're still having that problem, then it might be just play the Premier League and make sure you're resting around the weekends after that. Yeah. Um, love comments like this. Jamie, our pleasure, mate. Great to have you along. Um, <coughs> also, uh, MVG's missed doubling continued. Uh, misses double 12 for a nine, misses a bucket load of doubles and goes out to Stephen Bunting. Stephen Bunting's went seven years for that, just seven. Um, again, Steve, uh, Steve Beaton then beats Nathan Aspinall, and then yeah. 109 average from Price. We'll come on to him and Euro Tour in a minute. But then we've got, I've put together a kind of graphic for the last day. I've kind of overlapped them and make them fit on a page. But it'll do. Uh, sponsors, lad. What's that? Chopped off bloody sponsors, lad. Yeah, they're not ours, so it don't matter. <laughs> that was where you go, yeah, but if anybody does want their sponsorship, lad, I don't these lives, get in touch. <laughs> um, Luke Humphreys beat that Van Dyven Boda again. Good the, the way the pair play, they just suit each other's game. I'm sorry, Luke Humphreys beat Dimitri Vandenberg. Beat Dirk, no, wrong game, mate. <laughs> wrong game. <laughs> um, Michael Smith beat um, Michael, Dirk Van Dyven beat Michael Smith, and again, we saw the the pain he was in. Ryan Searle beat Martin Dratz, but again, a great run from Dratz. Keegan Brown. What a start to the season he's had, gents, for a new tour card. Great start. Much needed as well. I don't Only know why just... we're surprised, though. He played some very, very good stuff. Not, not. I don't know why we're surprised if to say everybody had written him off, but 
He played some very good stuff towards the back end of last season, was nicely placed in the race to the match player, just left it too late in relation to a two-year tour card. Practicing an awful lot with Richie Halson, who is in a fantastic vein of form in the seniors as well. Like You can see the benefits of both of their games at the minute. Yeah, I don't, I, one side surprised, Dob. It's more the pressure that a new tour card holder probably puts on themselves within the first six months and Tevens that off to a flying start. Not... I guess supposed to see yeah. as the talent is dot. We we know that Tedens A Dame can seem into the top 32, top 16. We know that is a possibility. It's more around what other Dane Tedens dot. So it's a good start for him. Yeah. Um then Johnny Clayton beat <laughs> Stephen Bunting. Steve Beaton, the text of the tweet online when his lad plays when his dad plays lad on stage had me in tears. Um Schindler was 2-0 down to Damon Hetter and reeled off six on the spin. But I'm going to jump to this last game of the session because we were doing the women's series at the time, Glob, and I've never seen anything like it. 15 maximums in 10 legs of darts. Oh, there could have been more as well. There generally could have been more. We had a couple of bounce-outs in there, a couple of 140s with deflections because of the flights that... Chisnell spray paints and throws and whatever else. It, it was just a very, very good game of darts. Let finished 107 and 108 average. Back and forth, just, just chucked everything at each other. And Dave Chisnell, along with, we mentioned when Kim Hybrex picked up a Pro Tour title uh, in the first weekend, that that was what his form at the back end of last season deserved. Kim, uh, Dave Chisnell was another player whose form last season was very, very good. Did pick up one Euro Tour. But if he keeps playing the way that he did back in the last year and the way he started this year, Chisnell's going to be a threat for a lot more silverware. Yeah, no, it was just a, a great game. Moving into the evening session, uh, Luke Humphries then did beat Dirk Van Dijvenboda 6-4. Both um, 100 average, but six ton-plus finishes, three each. It was just brilliant. It, it's a fantastic standard. It's two players who were highly spoken about the back end of the year and the start of this year when the Torts are about Premier League and both of which are just proving the level that both can play at. It was an all-round great day, obviously. Can't beat the Jizzy and Price one, but it's still a very, very good day of darts. Yeah. Um, Brian Sell beat Keegan Brown. Sell's practising with Gary Anderson paying off because he had a fabulous weekend. Johnny Clayton beats Steve Beaton 6-2, and then Chizzy sees off Martin Schindler. Semi-final number one, last leg decider. Ryan Sales averaged over 101 and lost 7-6 to Luke Humphreys. Fabulous game. But the second one, Chizzy was in a world of trouble. 6-2 down. Johnny Clayton misses seven darts for 6-2. And from there, for six two. If he's already six two down, he only gets to five. What's that? You said he was six two down. He lost I'm seven. Five, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to multitask here. I've got screens open everywhere. Five two down misses seven darts for six two. Somehow Chizzy recovers, and Johnny doesn't win another leg. It was strange, and I watched this. I'm still not sure how Johnny did manage to lose this match. He looked so, so good at 5-2. He was 2-0 down as well. Found a way to fight himself back into the match. Scored brilliantly. The 140s in Johnny Clayton's arsenal are very much back. 
been been very very good. Um, we saw him point at the camera a few times. Some lovely checkouts over the weekend. It was a one-two-one on the balls. I remember in particular. Go on, give it some. Um, them seven darts seemed to completely rattle Johnny Clayton, which was which was very surprising to be honest, because he's not somebody that tends to go that way in his performances. He's not somebody that tends to get thrown off by anything. If if he's at a level to start with a game, he tends to finish there. Um, he, he looked very very good. It was it was. All right, Luke versus Johnny final, and it's going to be very entertaining the pace and everything they play at. But superb turnaround from Dave Chisnell took his chances. He didn't really give Clayton many chances from there either, which was massive. Because if you do start giving Johnny chances to make amends for that seven missed starts a double, the chance are he's going to punish you. But Johnny, uh, Dave just stepped up that little yeah. bit and put himself in the final. Yeah, evening, mate. Hope you are good, buddy. Enjoyed spending some time in the comms box with you. Then the final, Dave Chisnell, an 8-5 winner over Luke Humphreys. And again, a weird final because they just won blocks of legs each. But in the end, Chisnell's blocks were bigger than Luke Humphreys's. Yeah, and Dob loaded to it earlier. Chisnell's form has sort of meant that one was coming soon or one was expected to come soon. Luke Humphreys just performs on the Euro Tour. We've seen the run he had last year, winning four of them. Um, yeah, strange final. We get these sometimes when, obviously, we've had multiple games in the same day. So, But this one was another strange one. But Cheesy was at a great standard. His storing was ridiculous throughout the day, um, including that price, Damon. Big year for Cheesy. I've, I think this year he picked up his first TV title. I've got that sneaky feeling that this is the year that Cheesy does it. Don't do that to the man. Come on. Um, Oh, this is coming from the person who's predicted the last two Premier League nightly winners, by the way, Dob. So the predictions are flying oh, no. at the moment. It's like winning the Carabao Cup, mate. It's not exactly something to shout <laughs> about. <laughs> I'm glad um, to all the time. <laughs> oh, we're back. Yeah, brilliant. Well done. Uh, yeah, well, next week. The, the 180 record was beaten in the Euro Tour this weekend as well. And not surprising because they were getting rattled in all over the place. Um, no, I'm with you, Johnny. I don't think he does either. Um, and then, right on time, as always, but to welcome Mr. Robert Owen to the live lounge. Evening, buddy. Evening, lads. Evening. How are you all doing? Ah, all good, but just chilling out after a bit of practice today. So, just having five minutes, <laughs> waiting for the kids to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying, obviously, back on tour this year as well. And going back to Minehead where you had your best PDC run in a TV event, are you, are you looking forward to going back? Um, yeah, of course. Um, you know, it brings back good memories and, you know, my best success, really. But, um, you know, every everything is different now, I suppose. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably a lot better player than on what I was five years ago as well. So, uh who knows? Who knows? It's uh, all on the day, but uh, I'm very confident the way I'm playing. So, fingers crossed, I can uh, repeat performance or maybe a bit better. Fingers crossed, the weather's a bit nicer and your travel plans are a bit better as well, because that was the dreaded <laughs> behind closed doors in the snow, weren't it? Hey, I'd be quite happy if, I, if that happens again and I get that far. I'd be very happy. I don't mind. <laughs> also, this, this year, we mentioned earlier, Rob, that the... Um, we're no longer got Reds Bar and with Studio 36 is stage two this year. You're down to be opening up on stage two. 
Yeah, um, I've actually, I went down there with the kids in about October time and our Studio 36 had just been opened. Um, it's, it's quite big. It, it, it's a lot bigger than Red's, a hell of a lot bigger. So mum was it, doing the research six months ago. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, um, I'd probably say, uh, you know, it's it's a big old building. Like, and you can fit a hell of a lot more people in there than you can in Reds. I'd probably say maybe two or three times more. That's interesting. Which is good. Which is good. And hopefully they'll pack it out with a few Welsh people. It'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I left in the main arena. <laughs> and as May said, and colder, take your thermals, buddy. <laughs> um, so, Rob, obviously, time away from a tour, back now. Is it is it good to be back? And are you enjoying being back? Oh yeah, um, I'm loving it. To be honest, so, um, I'm back with the boys who I used to sit with. You know, like uh, well, good old Richie Burnett, uh, Johnny Clayton, Joe Cullen. You know. With the good boys with them pizza and sitting down will make me feel back welcome. Um, the only person I'm missing really was on the tour. One of my best mates from well, from when I first started playing darts was Kyle. And you know, it's not um it, it is sad to miss him when he's not there because that's when my last time was there. But uh, you know, things move on. But uh, it's nice to be back playing. Um it's nice to be competitive again, you know, which is nice. And um it's nice to... It's nice for people now not to call me, well, not so much call me, but be actually known as a dark player now, not just a person who's making up the numbers, you know? Yeah, and we, we look back now, obviously, you've had a, in terms of numbers, a great start to the year. Maybe not some of the results that you wanted in some of the opening pro tours, but the numbers are, are breathtaking in times. Yeah, um, you know, I, to be honest, so the way I'm playing and the way I'm feeling... Um, I'm not really worried who I'm playing. Um, you know, if I start scoring my one eighties, my one forties, you know, I can call, I can, I can keep up with anyone on the on this planet playing. You know, this is a few out charts, few doubles, the same as anyone. But um, yeah, I, I think I've had a, a reasonably good start. I can't, I can't complain really. Uh, but uh, yeah, that first weekend, sort of, I, I just come home and I sat down and I started scratching my head, thinking, you know. Oh, top of the pro tour averages here. Yeah? I haven't won a game. <laughs> I was leading into that. You averaged over 100 in both games, come away winless for your opening weekend. Was there that moment of realisation that actually, look, playing, spent a lot of time playing in the Moda Super Series and, and various other events over the last few years without you talking about? Was that their moment going, oh, bloody hell, here we go, we're back in the big ranks and it, it's just that, that extra step now? Yeah, uh, well, yes and no, really, because... You know, going back a couple of years ago when I had when I had my tour card, probably, you know, I would a lot. I probably wouldn't have been reaching the the high numbers the under plus, but maybe once or twice now I'm doing it fairly regular, and um, it's how can I say, you know, I was disappointed with the result of the game, but not with sort of how I played. It's um, you know, realistically, you go through the whole you go through the whole year. Averaging between your ninety-five and uh, yeah, ninety-five to hundred and five. Possibly you'll you'll win a lot more than you lose, you know. But I think I'll take take it with a pinch of salt, like you know, because uh, you you do see you do get in the the habit sometimes of looking through the games. And you think, oh come on, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I wish I played them at the time. But you can't do that now because every game is different. If I played someone else, maybe I wouldn't have played so good. Or possibly I might have played a bit better. But, um, you know, it's, it, it was hard. To, not hard to take because I know the game is there to compete with anyone. But to come back penniless after that first weekend, you know, I think I, I lost one game, 101 plus 100. Um, I won a game and in the Euro, Euro qualifier against uh, Sedlicek. Um, 90, 96, 97 average. Then I lost a gurney with a 98 average. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's one of them, isn't it? You know what I mean? But uh, overall, like, I, I couldn't, I wasn't disheartened or disappointed, really. I just know that uh, the game is there and I continue to play like that. It's, I'm going to be a threat to anyone on the tour. Is that a change in the way that you approached it the last time you had a tour card? Obviously, five years now since you were on a pro tour. If, if you'd had a weekend like that the last time you had a tour card, would you have come away going, actually, what what, what can I bloody do without that? No, probably not. Now? No, probably not. I think I would have probably come back home and probably be, you know, proper sulking about it. But, you know, things change in life sort of thing. You, you you know, you grow up very mature a bit, especially in the world of darts. You, you've got to. You've got you've got no option to, really. You've got to take a rough with the smooth. But, um, yeah, things are different. Obviously, I'm, I'm a different player compared to what I was five years ago. I, I, I probably think that, you know, now I'm, I'm probably 75% better than what I was then, you know. But maybe that's probably through experience, through losing... Tough games, lose, um, winning games I shouldn't have and losing games I shouldn't have. You know, a bit of mixture of both. Playing well and winning, playing well and losing. Winning, playing crap. Winning, you know, playing brilliant. you you just got to take it all all as you go. Like, But in my head, I know now i got the game to compete with anyone. So, you know, you've you just got to take it on take it on board that your game is at that level where you can compete and win. Whether, whether you do or not, it's, it's one dart sometimes. So, you know, you've just got to think of that and just think, right, I'm here for a reason. I know I'm good enough to be here. I've done it so many times. I'm here now. And, I, you know, and I'm rising to the occasion now, which is, which is nice. On the occasions and, and everything like that, how much did a good year on the Challenge Tour and the Moda Super Series get you battle-ready and battle-hardened for this next two years? Oh um, well, it, it done me it done me the world of good. I think I played in the Super Series probably sixteen months. I think it was maybe sixteen seventeen months, and obviously with the success I had through that, um, you know, it gives you the confidence and the you know the level of player which was on there as well, which at at most points was no different to a pro tour. And when you look at some of the weeks back which I played in. And uh, obviously, with some of the legends, when I remember when I first played Martin Adams, oh my God, I was shaking like a leaf. You know, I'd never met the guy before. And now it's like we're like friends. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. But to be, uh, it, it sort of um, turned me from not, I wouldn't say a rubbish player, but, you know, a good amateur player to sort of compete back to my professional level sort of thing. And, um, it match hardened me, whereas before I probably would have given away games if I was 3-0 down or 3-1. And I would have said, oh, I can't be bothered. You know what I mean? No, I've lost this anyway. Whereas I'm coming back and winning games. Or I was, or I was stepping on people's... Well, well, not a nice way to put it, but stepping on people's necks when I was winning some games. 
really giving it to him, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it stood me in good stead then for when I come to Challenge Tour. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I had a good year in Challenge Tour, but um, I was probably disappointed with, with some of it, to be honest with you. But uh, I only had the one win. That was it in the Challenge Tour. Don't worry, I, I lost in two other finals. I think I had like two semi-finals, a few quarter-finals, last 16. But that's the key to the Challenge Tour, unfortunately, of getting to that last 16 stage to pick up the bigger money. But all, all in the, for, the, for the whole year, year and a half I had, I can't really, <laughs> I can't really complain because it's, it's made me the player I am today, more match-ready, gained a lot more experience, and um, especially the time in front of the cameras. You know, and obviously the interviews I've had with you guys and stuff. And um, it's just made me a more all-round better player. Who, oh, my mentality is right now where it wasn't before. Where I can shrug stuff off now, but before I couldn't. But that's all to do with having confidence and winning and winning well and winning a lot. It's the winner's mentality, which is which still sticks up here every game I play now. We spoke back in Southampton about this. Obviously, those that don't know can't see it. You're in a knee brace 99% of, of the time and it needs, is it another one or two operations? Well, in the, over time, I, I will need a new knee, you know, but obviously I'm too young to have the knee unless I want to go private. You know, hey, if anyone wants to sponsor me, 18 grand for a new knee, you're more than welcome. <laughs> but... Um, you know, it's um, yeah. I'm waiting on another operation. I've literally I'm on the back on the waiting list again now for another one. But I've left the leg brace off now because my knee is so swollen that it's it's hard to function some mornings. But hey, you know, I I got to get on with it. A lot of people. I had a lot of messages on social media say, "Oh, you throw darts with your arms, not your legs." Yeah, but you've got to use your legs to get up and get to the hockey. Like you know what I mean? Which you know, which people. Can you fit it into the PDC schedule now that you're back as a as a tour card holder? Because that calendar is relentless. And we were speaking about players that are missing events and stuff like that. If you have the op, I know obviously health comes first, but you could miss a whole chunk and it almost ruins your two-year cycle. I won't be missing nothing. I can tell you if I went in and had the operation on a Tuesday, I'd be out but I'd be out back. I'd be out back playing on the on the Friday. Well, you know, look at uh, Q School 2000 during the lockdown, 2019? Uh, 2021, the first Q School behind closed doors was. Was it 2021? Well, yeah. there we are. I had my first operation in the December, December the 17th. I was on crutches going to Q School. I was on crutches in, 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 the, in the Q School and done the whole. I went through the first stage easy. I played well in the second stage and didn't pick up a point. I lost. I like. I think my first four round draws were. I lost against Joe Mernon six four, Brett Clayton six four, Harpy Puer six four, Dave Pallet six four. I was on crutches. My I, literally, it was a month. Well, two months after the operation, I, I couldn't walk without crutches. But I turned up to Q School and I played really well. <laughs> that's that's remarkable. <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's mad, and you are thinking, well, if, when you do have that operation, not only is that will be the first player to have a, a knee sponsor, 
I'm looking forward to that. I can't stop thinking about now. You've said it. I've been so well, across the knee. <laughs> well, <laughs> the um, obviously I, I had to start up another Facebook. Well, my wife done it Facebook page because I, I my friends are full and all that. It like, but um, I'm gonna have some like merchandise going on, like, shirts and new shirts. I'm gonna be having then and and everything, uh, darts cards, whatever. But uh, someone put on it. You should you should put on it selling knee braces. Uh, so uh, you know it's it's. it's uh, it's a good idea, but uh, I don't know. These knee, these knee braces are quite expensive. <laughs> non medical replicas, chuck them up for 20 quid a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? You know, make a couple of quid. But yeah, but uh, like people, like, um, you know, with this knee, it's not as easy as what people think it is. You know, I'm in constant pain all the time. There's no, there's no mucking about with it. I'm in constant pain. But, um, you know, I, I just get along the way I do it. At the end of the day, what you got to get on in life is people who was always worse off, worse off than you. You know what I mean? But uh, I'm still mobile, probably not as much. I'm probably more mobile than what I should be. But unfortunately, I'm a professional darts player, and I got to do it. I got to provide a living for my family and a bit of extra money. You know, and sometimes that comes before a little bit of pain. Sometimes. Back to the UK Open. Jean Van Veen, tough, tough opener, but looking forward to it. And, and you both like the old stacker technique. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only technique I can throw darts like, so I've got no option. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I cannot make a dart stand up. It's, I can't do it. It's impossible. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, very. In all fairness, it's, it's a tough first round draw for both of us. You know, both very good players. Probably both play very well at the minute. Um, you know, I'm hoping that I have a bit more experience than, than, than what he has, obviously, stage-wise. Stage but, you know, yeah, it's a tough game. You know, there's, there's a few tough draws in that. In that, There's probably a lot more favourable draws there. <laughs> the, pro probably the, the one that me and Gianna got. But, hey, you know, may the best man win and... I'm open as me. <laughs> have Have you looked through the draw completely on the Friday and seen the possible third round tie with fellow countryman Jim Williams? With Jim, yeah, yeah, I've had a look at it. You know, I I look through it, but I try not to look forward more forward than the, than the, the game you play in. You know, but I, I deal with that if, if and when. Well, hopefully when it comes to it, you know. But um, yeah, it's it's probably it's not the best draw after <laughs> some I've seen. Out of the you know initial ones, but at the end of the day, if you're going to win these tournaments, you've got to beat everyone. So it doesn't really matter if if that gym was MVG or whatever. It's, you've still got to beat them all. What would a good year for Robert Owen look like? Good year, honestly. Qualify. I set my stall out this year, and I said if I can qualify for four Europeans, and all you know, and and, and win some games there. But that's an added extra. If I can qualify for the Players' Championships and the Worlds, that's a successful year for me this year. Because I can't see... You know, if you're in the Players' Championship, you're in the Worlds, you've won a chunk of money this year. You've won a nice chunk of money, no matter what. I can't see the point in setting your stall out so high, not that it's unrealistic, but putting that added pressure on yourself when you don't need to. So just set out, not... You know... It's hard to qualify for these players' championship finals. T you know, take no, you know, it's, it's not easy. And the same as the world championship. 
But if you're in the players, you're going to be in the world. Unless you've got, unless it's some sort of disaster in between that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which I have been known to perform a few disasters, but not that I'm hoping not this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be absolutely fine, pal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Rob, cheers, man. I hope so. Uh, Robert, absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Thank you very much for hopping on. Um, we'll let you get the kids to bed and we'll see you in my name, mate. But we much appreciate your time as always. Hey, no problem, lads. We'll catch you soon, man. See you later. Thanks very much, buddy. One only, Mr. Robert Owen, everyone. What an attitude. I love that. So laid back. Yeah. So so laid back for someone who's playing through so much pain. And to have that approach is seems to be the perfect approach for him to be that way. There's a lot of people to, to take a different look at it. Um but yeah, best of luck to, to Rob this weekend. Yeah. In, in, like he says, it's a very difficult first round time. Uh, yeah, it is. Look, two two outstanding players in in, in Rob and Jean. And a little surprised, perhaps that wasn't on the main stage. But look, it's a good one to open up. Is it? Uh, because there's only two round one ties on stage one, isn't there? When you've got yeah the intrigue of Luke Littler on TV and a former world champion in the very first round of the UK. But like, I could see why that is top billing on, on stage two, to be honest, at that stage, because yeah, two fantastic players. Yeah, right. Well, you you can put a women's series. Which one are we doing first? Which one do you want to do first? Shall we finalise the week that's happened first? Yeah, we'll hop to the women series and the first women's action of 2023. And it was the Morningside Arena in Leicester and it was dominated by Bo Greaves and Makuru Suzuki boys. Yes. And me moaning for 22 hours this weekend. <laughs> to anybody that tuned into our live stream. <coughs> um, I did some prep. Event one. Ta-da! Um, this was a theme that these two met quite a lot. It was. I think there's a few more conversations to be had here, though. Uh, the emergence of Kiersey Wienerkainen from Finland, uh, beaten by Fallon in the last 60. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dean, I think she'd already beaten Lisa Ashton by that point in the tournament. Um, Zoe Jones making a trip to the Women's Series, the Pink Panther, uh, one of the most talked about 
players in our chat room all weekend. Oh my God, is that Zoe Jones back? Zoe Jones back. There was a big draw around her. Ryan O'Sullivan playing some very, very steady darts right now. Uh, final of Scottish Open last weekend, I think. Doubles yeah. let her down a bit, but consistent performer this weekend as well. Um, but yeah, the, the standouts right here is McCurry versus Bo. Um, this was meeting number six, or maybe number seven, between the pair in the 10 event. This was event nine. Um, and, and they just seem to be on a collision course constantly to, to play against each other. Bo coming out on top in this one once again, um, as she did extending that unbeaten run to nine events at this point um, and, a, and a shed load of matches unbeaten. I'm, I'm not sure what it was at this point. I know what the number finished at on Sunday morning, but um, the way that Bo moved through this field and the struggles of Lisa and a little bit of Fallon here and, and the way that Makuru just seemed to not have an answer for Bo once again left us looking at the very, very start this weekend like we already knew what was going to happen in the next three events, such as being Bo Greaves' dominance in the women's series since she's since she's taken that leap, since she yeah. became world champion. Yeah. Also, we saw it there. Corinne Hammond getting to a quarterfinal. We've not, we've not seen anywhere near the best of Corinne in the women's series, but this weekend there were just signs that perhaps she was getting back to somewhere near her best as well. And, and Kirsty Hutchinson, someone that obviously got to the Lakeside final, but has produced nowhere near that level in the PDC events. Yeah, hundred percent. It's we was talking about last week around the the sort of the calibre and when we were speaking about the match play at times being it should be extended to sixteen or not, and that just shows how strong this field is when you've got players. Like Zoe Jones coming back. Um, it just makes that field that little bit stronger. Tareen hasn't performed. I'm sure she'll admit that she hasn't performed since she's been playing in the PDC events. Probably say the same about Thirsty as well. Um, to you know, being a, a world finalist, you would expect Thirsty to be a lot higher up in the rankings than what she is. Um, but just showed in this weekend that that field is getting stronger and stronger. And there's a couple of players now who are, who are starting to get more comfortable with the the floor tour, um, floor events than obviously what they're used to elsewhere. Yeah. Um, event number two. And there we have it. And again, Bo Greaves doing the double on this Saturday, uh, beating Makura Suzuki 5-1 in that semi-final. Uh, good to see Anastasia making a quarter-final. Uh, but... Some of the disappointments first. This semi-final was pretty much the only highlight of Lisa Ashton's weekend, Gob. Yeah, which is strange because she was so impressive at the World Seniors uh, World Championship uh, just a few weeks ago up against Neil Duff. Played spectacularly, lost in a, in a five-set encounter that, that went all the way. Um, we know she's got extra gears. We know she's got extra levels, but there just doesn't seem to be that ability to fire it up at that click of a finger if you get what I mean it's not there on on demand when she needs it again at the moment and that's something she's gonna have to work on still yeah but at this point it was the bow Greaves double again Kirsty being a kind and getting to another last 16 her results were good and we didn't see her on stream gob until event four was it yeah there was a lot of intrigue and we were like oh this will be good and then we saw the action, we're like, wow, how does this work? Because the action's horrific, but the darts were brilliant. 
it's quite low, square on central, and there's a lot going on with the hand as well. But no follow through. It was just like it just, it just does work for her. Yeah, oh, massively. performances this weekend. I think she averaged eighty six in beating Lisa at one point. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, she was brilliant. Looks like a player that if she continues to compete at is is going to be in contention. I think. I guess we'll have this conversation towards the end, but the more and more this weekend unfolded, the more and more the question has, has to be asked and is going to keep being asked is, that women's match play field is too small. We'll, we'll touch on that at the end because there's a couple of points. We watched everything this weekend and the standard one. We'll address them at the end. Um, event number three. This is where the streak ended. Um, Makuru Suzuki picking up another women's series. Tyler Schmidt, Rihanna Sullivan in the final. Great run from Brianne to get there. But let's go jump to the quarterfinals. And it stands out there. God, there it is. That's where the streak ended. Yes, yeah, 17 matches in a row up until that point. That would have been match number 71. I think this was their eighth or ninth meeting at this point. Um, and actually, what, what we can take away from events number 13 to 20 and 1 and 2 this season is that... <laughs> If anybody deserves that win against Bo, it is Makuru. She has been the other standout player on this women's series. And actually, just how well Makuru has been playing in the women's series since the women's world match play has probably been overshadowed by just how dominant Bo Greaves has been. But Makuru has been fantastically good, fantastically consistent for a player that has far bigger travel commitments than pretty much anybody else on this tour to just turn up and play in events. And uh, there was talk that on Saturday morning, she, she hadn't slept very well because of um, jet lag. So it was up at 3am to, to produce this over the weekend in a constant state of tiredness. as she keeps seeming to do. Um, this title was very much deserved for Makura Suzuki. Yeah. Um, but again, it's another great run from Bo um, to get to the quarterfinals. Um, it was interesting that obviously she spoke about on later on about the pressures of that streak playing on her mind. Uh, the top 16 game, um, Lorraine Winstanley beat Fallon Sherrick, but at 2 all, Lorraine produced two unbelievable legs, including a 1 3 1, I think it was, to win it. Seven. We saw spells from Lorraine, but just not consistent. There's moments of genius from her, but we just don't see that enough. We spent a lot of Saturday saying that perhaps Lorraine was in trouble. She was beaten in the very, very first round on, on Saturday morning. Um, tough draw. I can't remember who it was for the life of me. Uh, second event, she averaged around 60 both times. She, she had both event one, game one. One, one, lost one. And, and really seemed to struggle Saturday. And at that point, we were having even more of a conversation around the gap widening between the top players and, and that sort of thing. But look, she delivered a, a far better performance, a level that we're used to seeing from Lorraine Stanley over the Sunday's events. Um, has one of a very, very small number of ladies to have actually picked up a Women's Series title in the past. Um, and if she keeps playing the way she did against Fallon in particular in that match in the last couple of legs and the other moments that we saw from Lorraine this weekend, she will be there or thereabouts at the match play again. Event number four. Great to see Robin Byrne make a final. We saw some some good stuff from her over the weekend. Uh, but the semi-final, is this the one disappointment that Makuru 
may think about on the way home because she missed multiple match starts to beat Bo in that semi-final. And we could have been talking about the pair sharing the titles over the weekend instead of just one. Yeah, led 4-3 in that one. Missed starts to go 5-3. Missed starts at four apiece as well. Actually, if you look at the averages, this is 10 points higher than when she did manage to defeat Bo in the other event. Um, Bo is just relentless. She, she carved open a chance in that final leg with a ton and a ton 40 after being treble-loss in her first two visits, um, but really applied the pressure to Makuru after she, she'd made a mess of tops the previous leg. Gave herself a shot 80 in, in the decider and it didn't come off. Um, I, I want to take a step back in a round, though. And the, the quarterfinals is quite intriguing for me in this one, in this event. Lindsay Ashton going deep, Kirsty Hutchinson. Um, but that top quarterfinal, Robin Byrne against Noah Lynn Van Leuven, two players who I think have an incredibly high ceiling in this women's series um, and will continue to keep getting better. We saw Robin Byrne make the final of event number two, Last season, I think it was, losing out to Lisa Ashton. Haven't really seen her go to another final since, um, but started to produce some good stuff uh, throughout this final event. Her scoring power is right up there with the best women on this tour, without a doubt, from what we've seen from her. She struggled on the outer ring an awful lot in a few matches. There was one where her first nine must have been up 90, 100. It was so good. And then she was chucking... 14 darts at double two and just could not buy a double. Um, but look, she's a fantastic talent. A lot of time ahead of her. Um, and the season resuming or, or starting again for a lot of these players will we'll only see this get better throughout the year, I think. Yeah, right. We're going to come on to those points um, now as well because we've got the race for the Women's World Match Play. Um, two things from this women's series to take away for me and, and we'll discuss in chat room <coughs> involved as well. One, we spoke about this a lot. I think now there is massive cause this needs to be seeded. And two, it also shows the strength in depth now that eight is not enough. There is genuine talent and ability that the women's world match play should go to 16. Yes, to both. Um, seeding 100%. For, for a tour of this length that has the opportunities it does at the end for qualification for the women's match play, two spots to the World Championship, um, potential Grand Slam spots, etc. As, as that continues to evolve. Three um, to the World Championships now, isn't it, Dom? The winner well, of the women's match play. Yeah. 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 Um, there's no reason why this should not be seeded. Every other PDC feeder tour, affiliate tour, own tour or whatever is seeded. There's enough history there. There's enough established ranking there now, either in race to the match play or rolling two-year calendar or, or year to date or anything like that to now seed this tour. And I think it would Whilst the likes of Lisa and Fallon drawing each other in round one is intriguing for people sat at home, one of them misses out on a, an awfully big chance to go on and do damage in that tournament, keep accumulating prize money based off their previous results. And every other player, every other event, is, <coughs> is 
needed in that regard. And, and they're given that little bit of protection based off previous results. And I think this tour is now ready for that. I, yeah, I agree. It should be both. It's just the only thing I'd say about the seedings aspect of it. Obviously, the Sits team wouldn't be this year anyway for the match play. But the only thing for the seedings is it's when it comes into play. Because it wouldn't be right to bring it into play mid-season. No, no, yeah, I don't think. This raises up the debate, I guess, then, Phil, is when would it come into play? Would it come into play post-match play or would it come into play the 1st of January next year? For me, it has to be 1st of Jan. On, the, I think it has to be done off the rolling order of merit. Which, is it a rolling order of merit? Because darts rankings reset to zero this weekend. They don't often get it very wrong. Is it just a year-to-date ranking? Wait a minute. I'm sure. Because if, if it's a one-year or two-year rolling, that, that's a completely different argument. And the rankings that we're looking at for the women's series throughout the weekend are, are slightly different. Both still ridiculously dominant, but look, Darts rankings currently an average at 6,300. On a rolling, that would include all of last year, wouldn't it? So that would include yeah. a hell of a lot of money. We've had the change in prize money structure at the start of this um, event, um, which obviously means that these 12 events count for that little bit more than the first eight that Bo's already won in that race to the match play. Don't think it's going to make a massive difference in regards to her qualifying or or some of the others previous. Um, it says rolling for the match play. doesn't say anything about the other one. But for me, if you're going to seed something, it has to be on all events, yeah. not just the 12. Yeah, I agree. It should be a match play. Yeah. It has to be across the, the, the order of merit for the whole tour. Yeah. Um. So for me, from January the 1st next year, or the, the first Lady Series event next year, the top eight, from if it's rolling or the top eight from last year, they would be your first eight seeds going into the first event. Even if it is eight seeds across 16 boards, it, it's a step up yeah. in terms of seeding. That structure would then be in place to add it to 16 if if you think that that isn't representative or enough protection for the player in 16th because there isn't that great deal of difference between 16th and 40th at that point. It is just those those standout players over a long period of time that continue to perform despite being in open draws and, and taking on each other that I believe now have earned that right for that little bit of protection within a draw. Um, Preston says definitely needs ranking and who would want who wouldn't want sixteen? Agreed. The, the 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 buzz around the ladies all weekend was was just remarkable and there is such a buzz around the ladies game that there's a real chance to carve something out. Again, not this year because it's set, but next year build on that success and and take it to that next level. And you've got everything in place for that to happen. You've already got the venue. You've already got an afternoon session that's not being used. Everything is in place at Blackpool for that women's series, to that women's match play to be extended with minimal fuss, it seems. I'm not saying they'll do it this year, but even if there was to make an announcement now, say it's for this July, it has no impact on anyone, it seems. Uh, yeah, Harry, the, the, the ladies themselves care. Um, speaking to multiple ones, they, they care. And I think that they've earned the right to have their event seeded. Agreed. 
Um, but look, it was just a great way to kick off the women's series in the PDC, and it didn't disappoint. Right, UK Open time, boys. We are here. The FA Cup of Darts is this weekend. We waited patiently for the draw, and it appeared around 4.30. Um, we've got two graphics. We'll do this one first. So, first three rounds, main stage, board, two, three, and four, boys. Let's discuss. First, that first game on main stage, look, we've known it was coming for weeks. The cynical in us that... We would see Luke Littler on TV up on that main stage. I, I just hope that he's up to the challenge. Look, we said that we think he'd be able to handle it a little better than is it Thomas Banks. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure if it was Thomas or Archie then. Um, we said we thought Luke would be able to handle that a little better, having competed and played in, in men's WDF titles and, and played in the... the WF World Championship last year and, and a lot of experience on a, on a very young head. Um, Nick Forward is a very experienced campaigner, um, but that is a tie that I don't think Nick will have liked to have seen in front of the TV cameras against a very, very hungry, very determined uh, and very capable player in, in Luke Littler. Um, as we said, that we were a little bit surprised to see Gian Van Veen and Robert Owen not on main stage, but there is only two games because the TV coverage starts a bit later and former world champion Yellow Classic against Josh Payne returning to the tour as well is, is a little bit tasty, so we can understand those two at the top of the draw. Yeah. Um, interesting to see. Looking forward to see Connor Scott as well um, against Jimi Hendrix. Um, Family affair on stage two. Richardson, father and son, though Dame two and Dame four. Yeah. Um, again, but looking at them as well, they're, they're two tough games as well. James yeah, yeah. Richardson, Thibaut Tricol, and Josh Richardson has Sebastian Belowetsky, quarter-finalist last year. Very, yeah, very tough, very tough games um, for the Richardson family. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you on the, the Nathan Luke game. It's, it's, it's a good opener, but looking across the boards, there's so many intriguing first-round ties, and that's before you go into sort of who's potentially playing who um, in round two and round three. But yeah, that's stage two does look tasty. Evening, Lindsay. Hope you are well. Great weekend for yourself on the Women's Series. Well done. Great to see you back as well, by the way. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, after some time away, great to see you back as well. <laughs> in the chat room, I don't know if you just caught our piece on it, um, about the women's match play going to 16 and seeding the Women's Series events. Um, what else have we got floating around? I love the Danny Lauby game as well, especially the way he played. Do you know I, I love the carnage of looking down to round three and seeing games where there aren't any slashes because that means players that enter at round three have drawn each other, which is brutal. The likes of Josh Rock against Luke Woodhouse. There are so many opportunities to have played. Um, players that have already played or players that are low-ranked or that sort of thing. Ryan Joyce, Mike Decker is not a nice tie for two players that carried good form last year. <laughs> That's over on stage four. Um, Willie O'Connor, Devon Peterson is a, is a brutal tie on stage three. Yeah. Um, and look, those that follow Devon 
on social media. He's, he's been mucking around with the throw again, we see, and and that and that will be interesting to see. Does, does that transpire this weekend? Um, again, chat room, what are you saying as well? What stands out on these four boards? I know he's got a long way to get there first, but Scott Williams, Yala Klassen in round three could be tasty. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Also, as well, look, he's unlikely to come through, but in round three, part of me would love to see Andy Jenkins against Simon Whitlock. No, because I want to see Adam Warner against Simon Whitlock. (laughs) (laughs) But not for me. Well, <laughs> would Ross Montgomery against Simon Whitlock be the oldest combined game in the UK Open? It's got to be up there and got to be close. It has to be, has to be close. very close. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, no, it, it, it must. Um, Graham Hall against Jeffrey Sparadans as well on stage four. Um, that should be quite tasty. Um, we can come back to this one if we need to. Let's go to this one. Um, just as well. Yeah, seven year break for Lindsay. Superb. Great to see you back playing. Action are brilliant when we yeah. saw you on screen. Yeah. For a lefty as well. For a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> I said that a good jest. Yeah. Um, but Andy Jenkins against Adam Warner on stage five. I am so glad that we can watch every game this year. Yeah, the, the, there's a top that really intrigued me. The stage six, looking at Jim McEwen versus Danny, Danny Labour. Such a, such, a, such, a yeah, such a different style from both players. <laughs> For that to happen, you don't probably have more of a contrast of throws and meeting in round one. On stage, it's um, you know, it's it's great that these are now all being streamed. We've told for it for how many years it's just tended to happen. On the first time I'm going to experience the UK Open at my end, they've decided to stream every day anyway. But there we go, <laughs> don't have it all. But yeah, there's so many, and I'm looking across it to see which names to watch, and I'm sure people will be flitting across the streams because there's so many intriguing toys or potential intriguing toys what the UK Open always delivers. One that's gone under the radar here, and to be fair, I've only just noticed it. Board seven, Dylan Sleven against Mike Kymenhoven. In round one? Yeah. That slipped under the radar. Brutal. Um, Kenny Nyans, Dom Taylor, Darren Webster. Jared Cole, Yitzhak van der Waal's tough. Pascal Ruprecht against Kenny, Nick Kenny. Some tasty, tasty matchups in here. I'm with you, Paul. UK Open back to Bolton all day. All in one room. Let's get it on. No comment. <laughs> uh, I've just, just insulted Lindsay for being left-hander. I can't insult Bolton <laughs> as well. <laughs> um What else was about to the all Northern Ireland clash? Kevin Vanessa against Nathan Rafferty. Um, 
There's some absolute belters, isn't there? Yeah. I'm just going to keep saying that because at no point am I about to predict who wins this because it's impossible with a random draw. I can't sit here and give you four semi-finalists because they might play each other in round four, five and six. Uh, Harry, yes, Lindsay is the daughter of Lisa. As well, uh, Lindsay, if you see your mum before we do, tell her we loved her new footwear this weekend as well. The sod it, I can't be asked. I'm just going with the trainers look. Loved it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Um, could have Graham Usher against John O'Shea. Oh, my. There's so much to unpack with a draw like this, and we do it every single year. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I tell you what, I know, I know, I love him to bits, but Monkey's done all right. Monkey's potential path to round three is not horrific. Look, I'm not saying they're bad players, but it could have been a lot worse. Aaron will play Vladimir Anderson first, which, with the greatest of respects, out of the players that are there, you take that. If you're back in your ability, you would you would take Vladimir Anderson over some of the others that you could have got. Agree. And then he plays the winner of uh, Callum Goffin or Robbie Knopps for a place in round three. Again, Knopps. The K is not silent. Knopps. Pronunciation Knops. lessons with me. Yes. Um, so first. For, 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 for a package to round three, you take that route. Yeah. There's some that open up pretty nicely. Oh my god. Have you seen what's a potential on board six? And Sosulovic against Mickey Mansell. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, one for the purists. <laughs> purists will still be there on Tuesday. <laughs> I'll be at stage six on uh, on Friday night. Friday afternoon. If you don't um, go to stage six when that game's on and send me a Snapchat, I'll be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've said that, I don't care what else is on. At the very same time, it looks like Clear Macca, Steve Lennon, uh, or uh, Beanstra. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Lindsay. Hang on, what do you mean the parent usually lets a child win, Jamie? Tell that to James and Josh Richardson. Yeah. I'm going to nine darter against him and let him know about it. Yeah, three all. Last take the side of Bosch, have a nine. Um, right, what else have we got? Again, chat room, give us your favourites as well. Can we go back to stage one? We can go back to stage one. We can, we can flick between the, the, the pairs. Could be Smith Campbell on six as well. Decent. Uh... <laughs> Adrian Lewis, Joe Mernon in round three. That's again not great for either of them. As Lindsay said, Josh Rock, Luke Woodhouse. (coughs) 
decent that. I like that draw. There's there's a nice balance of everything. And you know full well, no matter what happens, we'll miss something over the weekend. Or, oh my God, there was drama over here. Um, I, I guess the the question is, which round do we see a nine data on? Round two, board seven. Who? I don't know. I just picked it out. Yeah, I don't know who's on it. Oh. Round three. Stage six, Mensor Sulovic versus Mitty Mansell. At We're three, there, video at three, at three, at three o'clock in the morning when everything else is backlogged. <laughs> I will bring that footage to everyone. <laughs> the nine data on Mensor and Mitty. If Boys you fan react to nine this weekend, our show next week looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I can't wait to be running from room to room when someone's in Sid's perfect dart. The eight screens at once going, oh crap, he's on it. Yeah, I'm going to have eight screens up. Boise, two. Boise, six. Main stage. Yeah, that might be a struggle. You get your steps in. Um fun. <laughs> Um, but yeah, UK Open, we cannot wait. But look, like we say, it, it is tough to predict. However, I would like finalists. We're going to take wild stabs in the dark and hope they get kept apart. We did it last year. Don't look at me like that. Time we just predict Premier League on Thursday. It's so much easier. I think they're well, we'll Don't worry, we're doing that shortly. 25. Oh, yeah, get a move on. We've still got to do a week in darts yet. Johnny Clayton wins it. Next. Right, I want your finalists. All right, Johnny Clayton wins it. No matter who's in the final with him, Johnny Clayton beats it. Them the rules. Don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Not very well at times. Um. Ha! <laughs> every week. Every week. If I just add myself back in. Yeah, but now you're at the bottom where you belong. <laughs> Way, this is what we all want. <laughs> I'm impressive, <laughs> uh, Boise, what are you going for? Um, MVG to beat Josh Rock in the final. Johnny Clayton beats Danny Noffer. That is random. Yeah. Uh, Gerwin Price. Gerwin Price beats. A fan up for calling him a name. Um, who does he beat in the final? James Wayne. No. Don't talk to him. This guy. <laughs> He's got to look for it now. <laughs> Come on. Come on. The reigning and defending Las Vegas Classic. Desert Classic champion. As the show descends into chaos, the Barney alarms out. <laughs> 
I am going to go. Gerwin Price beats Daryl Gurney in the final. Yes. Because what we really need in mine, Ed, four million times without knowing the words, is Sweet Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> How we doing, John? Hope you are good, buddy. <laughs> However, part of me really wants Gary Anderson to win. Part of you or all of you? All of me. <laughs> John Legend. Yeah, I was going to say, I love a bit of John Legend as well. <laughs> love a random in there. Um, so, look, that's the UK Open. I know we normally go into a bit more depth, but it's almost impossible to, well, it is impossible to to pick routes because it's drawn out every time. But we know we know, Mr. Mason will upset someone, as he did every year in round for round four. He picked out Michael Van Gerwen against Gary Anderson last year. Can he top that? We, we definitely don't have a Premier League matchup. I said this earlier to Dob on the phone. We definitely don't have a Premier League matchup on Friday night. It's due to happen. Um, I'd love, I'd love that if it did happen, they put him on stage eight. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, the good news before we leave the UK Open, though, every game will be visible because we've got cameras on. Um, and I spoke to Matt um, and Dave Allen, uh, Dave's head of media, obviously Matt's chief exec in Dublin, to ask them how the format is going to look on screen for us. It's a double camera setup. So you'll have a split cam so you can see the player throwing and the board. There'll be a score strap across the bottom, which is linked to the iPad. So when the market puts it in, the score strap changes on screen. Um, no commentary, but you'll have microphones and that, so you'll hear the marker say the score and you'll hear the noise in the background and everything like that. So for the first time seeing every board, I think that's amazing because it would have been easy just to put one camera full board just so we could see the darts going in. Yeah. But they've made a, a real, real effort, a huge effort to make it look presentable as well. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a, it's something that we've all we've all asked for. The UK Open's brilliant, especially for the, the qualifiers as well. There's the 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 amateur aspect. At least all of them are going to have the opportunity of their games being streamed now. So I think it's great that the UK Open um, we we are able to see every day. Yeah, um, and look, I think this is the first step to seeing more pro tours streamed as well because if this works and works well then I think it gets rolled out to a lot more of the tours as well hopefully Ish. because a big part of them being able to do this is the fact that they're piggybacking off the TV truck to send the signal out, signal out. yeah yeah no, I, 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 no I, Wi-Fi in Wigan they're still on fucking dial up <laughs> No, no, I, 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 I get that, but it, the equipment is there and the technology is there. It's then the finer points to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but before that, we have a Premier League night as we rock to the worst venue in the Premier League, and no, Grow it's not, up. and it's not Nottingham. Grow up. Exeter is shite. The cowshed is a fantastic experience. It's quirky. I'll give you that. But it's shite. Sounds like this shite. 
kicked in a field <laughs> in the middle of nowhere on a farm. Yeah, how many other venues have to go past the cattle shearing just to get in? It's brilliant. And it's the best parking of any Premier League event in the world. Parking, I'll give you. You literally just drive straight up to it. It's still shy. But speaking of shite, we get a few repeat games. I mean, uh, <clears throat> it's week five and you just called the Premier League shite. My work here is done. No, I don't like the format. I've made no secret of that. My work here is done. Um, but in game one, we have a repeat of last week's final. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen against Gerwin Price, Nathan Aspinall, Michael Smith, Chris Doby, Dimitri Vandenberg, and Johnny Clayton against Peter Wright, boys. Yes. What are we going for? Repeat or revenge in game one? I've already done this. Revenge. <laughs> Sorry, not revenge, repeat. Van Gerwen does him again. Sorry, one more check. Van Gerwen, bash him up. I'm just going to take this off screen to see if he blushes. Are you on a promise tonight? No. Quiz. Quiz. Monthly themed quiz. Alcohol. (laughs) Tumbled into the last one. Yes. And then some sticky 13s. Quiz. Don't type that into into a Google search engine or you won't be going to the UK (laughs) Open. I'm not paying for any of it. So crack on. Uh, Van Gerwen. (laughs) Boise. Um, I might have a moment or two to think about it. Um, <laughs> uh, MVG. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go in price. That's because we've got Michael and you know we'll bully you if you went Michael as well. Next. <laughs> Aspinall against Michael Smith. Again, chat room, come and get involved. Thursday, um, I definitely said Michael Smith. Because of the wrist injury, I'm going to say Nathan Aspinall. Yeah, my my opinion would be different if we hadn't seen what we saw at the weekend. Uh, Aspinall for me. Um, I'm still doing Smith. Nathan Aspinall's going to feel sorry for Smith because he's had the wrist problems. Smith's going to win. Dimitri Vandenberg against Chris Doby. Dimmy's playing too well. Can't do against him in this one. I'm going Dimmy as well. Get the broom out, it's a sweep. Oh my. We're all back, Dimmy. He's doomed. Uh, Johnny Clayton against Peter Wright. Johnny. Peter. Johnny. Which causes a massive issue for Peter Wright, by the way. Because his next two matches in round one are Van Gerwen and Price, arguably nice. the two players in form right now. And then you're at the halfway stage, week eight, where it's based on where you are at the table. Yeah, I, I, I agree. If, if Peter Wright doesn't win tonight, he is in a whole world of trouble for the Premier League. Almost to the point. Chance, if he loses back to back to both of them, he's going to be playing one of them in the final. In the first round in week eight, he is halfway through a campaign without a point. Yeah, and there's a genuine concern about that right now. Um, right, chat room and you boys, I want your finalists in the warm-up before the UK Open. 
I'm definitely jinxing him because I've got him for the UK Open as well. But Johnny Clayton, as the, one of the weekends of his life, he bashes Van Gogh and in the final. <laughs> apart from them missed match, apart from them missed start, them seven missed starts against Dave Chisnell, there is a lot to have liked about Johnny Clayton's game in the last two and a half weeks. How many different winners did you have? Does this would be the fifth one in five weeks? <laughs> Uh, I said six, but one of them is already different. Peter Wright looks to be in trouble. Um, still time, mate. I'm down for a fifth different one as well. I think MVG losing the final as well. But to Jimmy. I am going. World Cup teammates collide in the final. But I am going Gavin Price is the first man to win two Premier League nights. Chat room, what are you saying? Price for everything. Aspen will meet Dimmy in the final. It's interesting. Also, do we think players' minds are going to be 100% concentrated knowing they have to get from here to Minehead straight away? Depends, because they're not playing until Saturday, are they? No, Friday, no, Friday night. Oh, they got day. They can go Saturday morning, Friday morning if they want. No, I think they're all going straight from. They just have a lie in there, can't they? It's not as if they've got to be reporting for duty at Ricky, no, Evans, at Ricky Evans' time for the Players' Championships, which he really enjoyed. I don't know. I I, I get that. But still, the, I don't think some of them would be devastated if they lost in the quarterfinals and were comfortably tucked up in their blue chalet room in Minehead by 10pm. I think quarterfinals a bit cynical. Semi-finals, where you've picked up points, first one, and then you beat all the fans out who are, some of them, going to be making the journey from Exeter to Minehead as well. You beat that traffic. Not the worst thing in the world. But isn't the Premier League the second biggest event in the year? So surely you'd want to win a night after the UK Open. No, but some of them, all they care about is getting to the final. As in the finals night, not a nightly win. Five grand is chump change. Guess he said it in the thing. He genuinely was like, couldn't care less about winning a night. It's just get to the fuck, get to night 17. And again, I know this sounds dumb because we are in a cost of living crisis and everything like this. But to these top pros, 10 grand isn't a lot of money. So do you think the players would still play the same if you took away the £10,000 winner's fee, you just had an appearance fee as you used to have and then you'd debt money on where you finish on the table? I don't think it would make a massive amount of difference. No, it's I nice to get that bonus. It's not. It's not, I don't think it's it's not the they don't appreciate it is a lot of money either, by the way. It no. is that for players that have earned as much money as the majority of them have, 
the sacrifice and trade-off for the time and time with family and everything else that they give up isn't worth that £10,000 to them. That their social life is worth more money because it is so small. I remember with three events to go last time, I think three of the top four were sorted for Berlin. And it was said in interviews more than once when they lost early. They were like, he was like, nah, don't care. And it was pointing, yeah, but there's 10 grand to play for. And the exact words were, I'd rather be at home. Is the thing. And it's going to be a topic of conversation in a couple of weeks when the players go from Nottingham to Germany for a Euro tour, then back to the UK for a Premier League, then uh, Euro tour away, which is not in Germany, I think. Then it's Isn't Germany it? Premier League. Then they're back in the UK. Right, and then, then back, back to Holland. For a, and then back to Rotterdam when they were there yeah. for a Euro tour the week it's before or something. Rotterdam, then Austria then back to the UK, then back to the Netherlands for a Euro tour. It's just carnage. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. good chat on the Premier League. Moving on. Mace is there. And Johnny says it there. Yeah, it's not they won't know a one-off seventeen lots of the <coughs> They would notice, or, or thirty, or forty, or fifty. But like I said, it is that trade-off between family time and, and giving up. It's, it's the same for your job. It's how much you prepare to work. At some point in a lot of people's careers, a promotion or a pay rise isn't worth the extra time you then spend away from family life. Well, the other one as well is we all know that the top players command awful sums of money for exhibitions. Guaranteed sums of money. That they just go and do a couple in Europe before a Euro tour and they've made up that money and more that they didn't get in the Premier League for a night. But anyway, uh, week in darts... Uh, congratulations to Yella Klassen winning the Super Series. What a finals night it was as well. And moving the time has massively helped because the atmosphere was electric on Saturday night. Andy Jenkins and Ryan for that certainly helped. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Yella books his place at uh, Champions Week. And to my little point out that I called that as well, by the way. Whilst you and May sat here over the weekend and, and all had your favourites, always a bit one paced. Ha <laughs> ha! Next. How's your football team getting on? It's off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, James has said it there. The semi final between Jack Main and Danny Lowby. What a game that was. Yeah. Oh, Danny Lowby must be sick. He's averaging 110 for most of the game and loses. I think he's 103 finished. Just remarkable. Yeah. Uh, what else have we missed in a week in darts? Breaking news today, actually. The 2023 uh, Australian Darts Open is returning. The Platinum Invitation event from last year. I looked at this and I had a look at their date. 
Is it on Australian TV, first of all, before I, make, before I make my point? Don't know. Wasn't in the press release. Because if it is, they've done it again, and they clashed with the PDC World Series. Oh, the whole event, including the pre-tournament qualifiers, available to follow on Dark Connect. Streaming information will follow in due course, but we're pleased to confirm there will be no geo-locking on this year's event meaning darts fans from around the world will be able to tune in for what should be a fantastic weekend of tungsten action down under. Which sounds like live streaming instead of TV, but it will not be restricted to just watching in Australia like it was last time. Um, yeah, just, saying, just a shame it's on the same time as the World Series in terms of making fans pick. Yeah. Boy sees Ray... Boise raises the eyebrows. <laughs> There's always going to be that concern, is there, though? But the, the PDC's got that much in its talent to know. It's very hard. This is not my defending, uh, WDF. No, I am really a little. Um, it's very hard not to clash with a PDC event, whatever the event may be. With, with I, World I, get, Series. I get clashing, There's, but when with... you're clashing in the same country uh, as well. If it was an event in the UK and an event in Australia, that's different. But when it's two events in Australia... I don't know. This event's run over, what, four or five days? World Series over two? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's looking at clashing with a World Series event. It's not clashing with something that's... That anybody gives a shit about? Oh, that's probably going to be on ITV4 at six o'clock in the morning or something. So it's not... It's probably... <laughs> we'll be able to watch this one live and the World Series event at... Yeah, Big H return, good to see. Um, also, as well, good news for the ADC that that came out, that the vault is going to both Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Yes, what you said. Um, right, we'll do question time as well. And if we've missed anything else in a week of darts, let us know. I don't think there's nothing else. I got pissed and played very well. Yes, we are, Shorty yes, Boy. We are, Shorty Mac. And if you'd like to jump on and help out for an hour here or there, you'd be more than welcome. You do have to sit with me, though, because Phil's busy. Um, <laughs> you did a sterling job when you hopped on for us before if you'd like to more than welcome yes uh lindsay oh. yes the adc have got a women's tour stroke division i think there is three weekends of three weekends of ladies events um four events across the weekend i believe yeah, there's definitely a tour, and there is also currently um, the director of ladies' events for ADC is currently looking at expanding Vault Series to women's only events. It's just rounding up local promoters to get eight to ten of you involved in that, and then linking up nationally after that. So yeah, um, and at the end of the women's tour, there is like a women's final as well, and everything like that. So yeah, it's pretty really good. Um, I'll find it out. If you DM me on Twitter, I'll find out the poster and send it to you. You stay out of people's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> oh, look, you, might, you might have a partner in crime, Gob. Yes, yeah, surely, man. Uh, the it, might, it might be worth tuning in, though. Twat. Um, the <laughs> LP Metal Detecting Women's Tour Championship, 12 events across three weekends. Every weekend there'll be four events, two per day. Priced at £11 per event, so much cheaper than the Women's Series. Total price from the £16,000. Every event will be 1160 Total in just over 4500 a weekend. Um, winners, £400. Runner-up, 200 Semis, 100 Quarters, 50 Last, 16 20 uh, The events are in Bridlington, Middlesbrough and Bristol. May, July and August. Decent. Um, right. Question time it is then. Uh, Shorty Mack also, when are you in Portsmouth? Yeah, get that contract signed. Have you signed it yet? Um, but yeah, looking forward to some ranking televised major action. It's done. Guess who's back? Back again. Well, she's just looking at me to say, shut up. <laughs> we do That's that every normal. night. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, April 20th. That's a long way away. It's a long oh, way away. I still like it. I... You're in, though. We're back. And that'll do yeah. Um, Joe says, is the UK Open draw not streamed or recorded, uploaded? Uh, no, look, and I know, look, we're critical of not having live draws, but this is the one that I can forgive and understand why it's not live because it's carnage. Yeah. Trying there's to draw two factors in it as well. It's, there's three rounds to draw with, you'd have various different numbers then being drawn. Two balls would then become one number for the round yeah. afterwards to be drawn out, which is just lunacy. And actually, the rest of it are done live on TV, so I don't mind the fact we've got yeah. that that yeah, knockout when. If you're going to accuse any organisation of of breaking the rules, it's normally typically in favour of a bigger team or a more high profile name or to to drum that up. It's done live on stage in front of thousands of people watching and, and the millions viewing at home, as John McDonald would say. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind that one. What's your favourite board in the UK? Open. I don't know. I'll answer you next Monday. <laughs> I was all feeling, is it board sits, dame sits on Friday <laughs> <the> afternoon? <laughs> uh, I, I, I've always liked stage two, especially at Bolton. That, see, that's the problem. My only live experience at the UK Open is at Bolton. And I'm comparing, I know, I'm. You're going to be disappointed, to... trust me. <laughs> Next week, can we just ban the word Bolton? Let it go. No. Let it go. Let Don't it do go. that either. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> uh, do you think this will be the last year of Riley's? Uh, I, look, they're, they're always <clears throat> the amateur qualifiers, but I'm not. No, I'm not sure it'll be with the Riley's qualifiers next year. It's always a rolling deal, isn't it? So yeah. If they get a better offer or a better organisation steps up to, to offer their services or a deal or, or sponsorship of that part of the tour, then then fine. Yeah. Um, 
who are the five dark players you'd like to watch that are most currently in form? James Wade, Mervyn King, Kim Hybrex. Just those three on a loop. Gary Anderson, Gerwin Price, MBG. Paul Nicholson. That's rogue. Oh, Nico was always my favourite before I got into media. I don't hide that. I loved the character, the bad boy that he put together. That, that, that was right up there. With, with the greatest respect in the world to Paul Nicholson. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> that tells us an awful fucking lot about you, Mr. Burns. <laughs> oh, Peter Manley. That's an awful lot. Peter Manley, because I love the dark arts. Dark arts is needed. Sure. However, Manly was fantastic at the seniors just recently with Mitchell. That was great. Yeah. Can I do, do my water? <laughs> uh, You're in his seventh lead of the game and he's, he's, he's made stop Mitchell mate him feel like he's still in set one. Only Peter Manley can do that. Yeah, agreed, Shawnee Mac. I think that's the route as well. <clears throat> I'm with you there. Um, right, last couple because Gob's on a promise. Yes, Rob. Hang on, hang on. Are you really suggesting that what the UK Open needs is for Johnny Mac to be stood there and go, welcome back to the tough sheet stadium? <laughs> <laughs> The tough shit. What the hell is that crap? <laughs> uh, um, did you prefer the UK put in June? No, I like it where it is. <laughs> uh, the question has been asked as well. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> love that, Lisa. Absolutely love that. Um, has Doug froze? Oh, he's back. Temporarily. Which isn't a loss, let's be honest. Uh, <coughs> right, folks. Um, Gob's on a promise, so we're going to get off. No, no Fergie time tonight. He's not having it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so come... have a fantastic ring to it at all. <laughs> so true. Um, so coming up, we are just finalising our plans, but we will have live stream of the multi boards not obviously the, the pictures but keeping you up to date in one place two sessions on the friday and the saturday afternoon god that's what we've sort of like penciled in it until the multi board room goes as long as everybody else steps up yeah because obviously friday night i am emceeing the university varsity match Ooh, uni friends you want another promise twice in one week? Oh, like ten, ten years since my debut as a player, I am back to MC it quite nice. Oh, uni friends. And then I am refereeing county this weekend. Army and my Sheepshag Army. Against Leicestershire as well. Big divisional rivalry. Woo-hoo. Yeah, but you referee for Derbyshire and living knots. They pay talk me about, more money. Talk about crossing boundary lines. I was born in London and grew up in Oxford to support Liverpool, mate. I really am fucking too bothered who I represent these days. <laughs> <laughs> I've played for Oxford and not, so I don't care. 
<laughs> Bye, guys. Can we, we, we have that of his name next week? Just yeah, we're going to change it. Chat Carwin at Love Machine. You want to see how ready he's done? Let's all see how ready he is. Oh, we've, we've done him here. <laughs> um, everyone, thank you. I've done, I haven't laughed this much in ages, to be fair. I've <laughs> absolute belting <laughs> live land today. But yeah, we're just finalising our plans. Um, we'll be at the Premier League as always and have you covered everything across the UK Open. Everyone, give yourselves a huge round of applause in the chat room today. And of course, the live land will be back 8 p.m next week and we'll ask how Gob's promise has gone but for, <coughs> but for us that is us signing out Phil Bars, Jack Garwood Lee Boyce <laughs> we'll see you all very very soon Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA the future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 